0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special birthday bonus episode of Directors Club. A couple of things up top uh, that I want to bring up here that are also reiterated in the conversation coming up. First and foremost, I just want to keep this show going. Um, Patrick is taking a little time off here. Uh, don't know for how long, because he's become very busy with his own projects, and we go into more detail here um, in our episode. But I started a Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash directors club. Uh, but for this month and next month, all proceeds are going to go to benefit healthcare care workers, uh, particularly nurses like my sister. There's a couple of charities uh, that I have in mind. So by signing up for only $5 a month, you get to participate in a lot of fun stuff involving this show, uh, and you, you're just basically supporting those in need or those who are working really hard during this pandemic. And I just want to contribute and do some good. Uh, there's just a lot happening in the world that is very scary, including uh, you know, people going hungry, people uh, suffering for a number of reasons. And uh, I just wanted to do some good with my Patreon for the next couple of months. And if you stay subscribed, you get to be a part of the fun for Directors Club. Uh, I want to just keep the show going and I want to keep it active. But uh, some of the perks involve you getting to participate in deciding on a future director covered via, um, you know, on a poll. But also you get to choose a cover song for me to record. And you get a free DVD. That's right, a free DVD. Who knows what it'll be? So... Yeah, there will be opportunities for you to suggest a movie for me to see and review, as well as other perks in the future. So, um, yeah, the latest post over at my Patreon also details this project, uh, and I'm planning on recording any song of your choosing. There's also the option of donating $7 to a food bank or charity of your choice, and all you have to do is email me your receipt to... Garden on a trampoline at gmail.com or visit gardenonatrampoline.com for more details. And of course, please be sure to visit Patrick's Letterboxd over at slash Patrick Rapole. Uh, there you can donate ten dollars or more to have Patrick watch and review any movie of your choice. And uh, all you have to do is send him a receipt to tracks of the damned at gmail.com. And uh, yeah. That's going to be great. It's continuing to be going great for him. So, uh, yeah, let's do some good, really. We uh, want to do some good in this world. So, in addition to offering some great future content, which may or may not include the both of us together, we'll just have to see what the future holds in store. But I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for staying subscribed, for listening, for sharing the show with friends, um, and just for being there, because the show has always been... Um, a huge passion, even when I've, you know, left for three years. It's still always going to be a part of my life in some capacity. So please visit patreoncom directors club and uh, also garden on a and Patrick's letterbox at letterbox.com Patrick Okay, on with the show. <laughs>
1: Okay, we got to back up a bit. When did these Giving Tuesday, by the way, Giving Tuesday, my favorite Screamo band of 2003. When did these Giving Tuesday emails start coming in?
0: Uh, I, I feel like it's been a thing for at least a year. I, so I just,
1: before coronavirus, yeah. there was Giving Tuesday. So before coronavirus, concert venues would email you and ask for help. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was all concert venues. No, I think. But like you would get, you would get an email from the Metro and the Metro would say, (laughs) help, it's Giving Tuesday. Are you sure they weren't (laughs) advertising a band called Giving Tuesday? That's very possible. A band called Help, a band called Giving Tuesday and Hmm. a a band. uh, It's not a band. It's really a solo artist, but uh, she tours with two people and a laptop uh, called Do What You Can. Sure. That seems to be like a solid lineup. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh Roll on thunder, shine on lightning The days are long and the nights are frightening Nothing matters anyway, that's the hell of it This is kind of our prelude to the Billy Wilder episode, which will be available for everybody a little later this month. And with that, I also think we should just let folks know that, you know, you'll, you'll be taking a leave of absence in which you may or may not return, depending on a number of factors, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because you, you just got re- you got busier than, than usual, and, you know, I, I, I completely understand. And obviously, you know, there was a time when I was just, you know, getting guests... For for episodes like once a month, you know, and that worked out pretty well. There was there was some good content generated as a result. Uh, But you know, if if and when the time comes when you can come back, that's obviously preferable.
1: (laughs) You know, right? Yeah. Well, the issue is that I can't rent movies from the library and especially if we're covering old directors like I know one name that floated around was like Fritz Lang and Ooh, if we did yeah. Fritz Lang that would mean I could do Testament of Dr Mabuse and Women on the Moon those are the two Fritz Lang <laughs> movies I own and you know good luck finding a streaming service that has Fritz Lang movies um <laughs> otherwise I'd have to just spend $4 a pop renting them off of Prime or something and so it's like that I'm doing the uh fundraising thing with the food bank uh, reviews, and I'm also uh, working on a short film um, that we're shooting in the apartment, and so like, mm. there's just a bunch of creative stuff going on at once that uh, means that this isn't really doable uh, right now.
0: Yeah, I, I I think ideally, you know, for, for something like October, I, I I would want you for a horror director or something, you know, so maybe we'll just... See how things are around that time, and in the meantime, I could just fill fill time with. I, I actually, I actually talked to Bill Ackerman via text about. You know, I am so eager to talk about uh, Death Dream that I'm willing to do a, a Bob Clark episode with you. You know, mm-hmm. and that way, we, I mean, we probably wind up talking Death Dream and like Porky's or something. Because I just, I don't know. I I don't need to. T- we you don't, don't think a, you don't think a Christmas story rates? How many? There's so many. Everybody knows that movie. It's I don't know. It doesn't seem like I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you're gonna have a longer conversation about A Christmas Story than Porky's. I mean, it's not me. I'm not doing a Bob Clark episode. You knock yourself out.
0: Uh, it's good to bring up the fact that places like the Music Box and Gene Siskel Center, you can um, you can you can stream movies at home and
1: support them, which is really great. You can also uh, buy giant bags of popcorn. Have you heard about this? I did it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, it's like so. The,
0: the Chicago critics still. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> when was this? I should have sent you a picture of me and my bag of popcorn that's still here that I don't know when I'll finish. How stale is that? It's it's edible.
1: <laughs> I kind of. I've always kind of felt like. I understand you want to support the music box, and that's great. I always felt like popcorn was—it was, was almost—it's almost like it's—it's uh, it's almost like it was invented just so you have something to do with your hands while you're in a movie theater. <laughs> like I've never in my life <laughs> craved popcorn. I've never in my life just been like, Scott like I've been watching a movie and being like, you know what's really missing right now? Popcorn. Like I need something that barely has any flavor um that gets stuck in my teeth uh and i feel it is just like it's almost like uh that doctor uh who invented cornflakes uh John <laughs> Harvey John Harvey Kellogg you know how it's like he invented cornflakes as some roundabout way to stop masturbation or something it's almost yeah, like i just there picture were Anthony Hopp who they didn't know what to do yeah yeah exactly looking like a rat um, uh, from uh, Welcome to... Uh, Mooseport? What's that, what's that movie? Not <laughs> Welcome to Mooseport. That famous movie with Matthew Broderick. Um, uh, Ed, uh, Wellville. Welcome to Wellville. Road to Wellville. It's Road to Road Wellville. Road to Wellville. Yeah. So, it, it was there a problem where people were masturbating in the theater just because they didn't know what to do with their hands? Uh, and, you know... Uh, Rita Hayworth shows up and she flips her hair in Gilda and everyone just started furiously cranking it because it was the 40s and they were like wait a second this is this is a fancy place this is an old style movie palace we have ushers wearing little hats we can't have this this is like the monkey cage at the zoo we gotta do something and then like someone invented the food like popcorn wasn't even a food before then and like when you got your popcorn was it warm?
0: Oh uh, yeah, it was. It was, you know, and it wasn't. I, I would say it was fresh. I mean, it was obviously they gave it to me, and I went home and had some. But I, I, I just can't finish a gigantic bag of popcorn on my own.
1: Yeah, I'm no uh, kidding.
0: But uh, so it's gonna be here a couple of weeks. Maybe no,
1: I don't think that long. But I mean, you live it, alone. Maybe if you could draw a little face on it, it'll get you through the quarantine. <laughs> What's the have you ever have you ever encountered someone eating something weird in a movie theater?
0: Uh I've smelled White Castles. I don't think that's that weird.
1: That's a good nose you got. That's
0: you can. Is, does White Castles have a distinct scent? Oh, I think so. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Man, it, just like
0: greasy onions. I don't. I don't know. I just sure they, they sure. Ha, they make White Castle candles. I'm pretty sure they do.
1: That's not. That's not good. No, That's I wouldn't. would not I wouldn't, should people should have. No,
0: I wouldn't want one. I but... Can't,
1: I can't. You know what, Jim? Actually, I said that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a liar. I kind of want one. Because here's the thing about quarantine is I've been doing a lot of takeout. I've been trying to support my local restaurants, you know, the people who are walking distance because I'm not getting on the bus and I don't have a car. So mm-hmm. there's really about four or five restaurants that I can get food from. And I don't want to put any of that money towards, like, the big corporate chains that I know are just still going to stick around. Sure, makes sense. Um, And then also just, like, the way those chains work, they just don't have a person who's making sure that there isn't just 100 people in. Like, I stepped foot in a McDonald's the other day, and I stepped right back out, because it was like, it just looked like a regular day at McDonald's, and I was like, this is so unsafe! This is terrible! And you just, and it's... And I have not, and a result of that, and a result of mostly cooking my own meals, and I've just been eating a lot of fruit, because, again, you're just trying to fill the time. It's it's the Fruit is the popcorn of the home, where you just eat f- an apple because you have to do something. And, the, and like, well, that's a good way to kill seven minutes, is cutting this apple up into little slices, and, yeah, like, I've been eating so healthy. I haven't had fast food in so long. That's what's smart. The, what's the last fast food? When did I, I think
0: the last time I actually went... Out for fast food was when Wendy's breakfast first came out And I was just curious like, Really? Because I love, I, I love a good breakfast And I'm, I'm always curious about it You know, I think it's one of those things where Really? Oh, they're advertising it I, And my, I just have to know what it, what it is And I'm sure it's going to be awful It's like when I tried Taco Bell breakfast I was like, this is not going to be good oh, But I, well. I
1: have to try it anyway And Has there been a point uh, in your life <sighs> Where you liked fast food breakfast? Cause for me, I've never eaten fast food ah. breakfast. Cause I, it's just, it's always the grossest thing in the world. Like for me, ah. uh, I remember once I worked an overnight at Blockbuster. We were doing, uh, we were doing inventory, and it was like three a.m. And they had switched to their breakfast menu at McDonald's, and I was and I yelled at the guy at the drive thru It's like falling down. know <laughs> I did. Except it was reverse falling down, where I was just like, motherfucker, like. Who you know? Who wants an egg McMuffin at three AM? Give me a cheeseburger. And I was I was a real asshole that day, but I was very tired and I wanted something that was edible. And for me, fast food breakfast has never qualified as edible. I think you could if you can get a good bacon egg and cheese biscuit. You
0: know, I. Th- I but I will say I don't think fast food restaurants have done good with their bacon. It's either right. You know, too too overdone, or you know, it's. F- floppy and gross and greasy and
1: so anyway it's giving tuesday right um, as we record this everyone the world the world nationally recognized uh holiday that everyone understands is apparently some tuesdays sometimes um where you get bothered via email and how are we celebrating giving tuesday
0: you know, I, it, you just got to give. You got you to, gotta, you know, t- donate to your local food bank or charity of choice. And certainly people have done that for, for your project. And uh, in, in, in my case, you basically pay $7 to a charity or food bank of your choice, and you get the opportunity to suggest a song for me to cover. And uh, this is something I I did a long time ago, and it was kind of fun. Uh, we'll see if it's a if it's a success. But you can just basically, you know, do that, and then email your receipt and song to gardenonatrampoline at trampoline I was just gonna say, there's also the option of you sending me seven dollars, like via PayPal or on Patreon, and uh, I'll donate to you know a couple of charities that I've chosen. Uh, And more information is available at gardenonatrampoline.com, my new music website that is slowly coming along. And I'm just excited to give this a go and see what happens.
1: So explain what you mean when you say you're going to record a cover.
0: Uh, I will basically cover a song of your choice that you you want me to cover. Like, just, uh, I have a... Is this you putting a video on YouTube of you playing it on an acoustic guitar, or... No, no, I'm... I would put more effort into the production like I normally would, you know, similar to the covers record I put out last year. Uh, it's okay. just it's just a cover song recording that uh, I will I will send to you via MP3 or if it's you know pretty good, I'll put it up on YouTube, of course. Uh, hopefully they'll all be good. <laughs> That's the goal. Uh, but you know I have like a I, I, for my birthday I got myself a, a nice 88 key piano so I can actually learn how to play real piano. It's just like a digital piano. It's pretty simple. But I actually started to try playing a Beethoven piece, and I'm like, whoa, what am I doing? (laughs) I'm I'm a little too ambitious at the start here, but I tried anyway, because I saw um, a clip of River Phoenix playing this uh, Beethoven piece in the movie Running on Empty, and... I got all weepy, and I'm like, I want to learn how to play that. It's so beautiful. I just like to play. I like to play. Mm. So we'll see. This 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 will be fun. I'm uh, I'm gonna start promoting it finally, and uh, I'll let you know how it goes. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see what people choose. Obviously, I hope they don't you know like Slayer or Beethoven.
1: You know, I don't. I, I, I mean, cover is a great umbrella. Like, you have a lot of leeway in terms of what that means. You do not need to play something that sounds like Slayer just because you're covering a Slayer song. That's
0: true. That's true. I think Tori Amos actually covered a Slayer song for her covers yeah, record. Yeah, she covered Raining
1: Blood for that uh, That's right. covers record she did. That's right. I, for one, am looking forward to making you cover uh, a bunch of goth songs. Mm. Um, I haven't picked out all the goth songs yet, but I'm going to make you do a basically a goth EP. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I figure five. I figure five songs, uh, history of goth, um, and we'll we'll see where we go from there.
0: Yeah, I'll get a Robert Smith wig and black lipstick and black eyeliner for the cover.
1: Well, I mean, for seven dollars, you better how you know that's that's good. That's good money. Yeah, I expect yeah. the full the full treatment. I want costumes. I want costume changes. I want pyro. I uh, want it all, and
0: uh, I've, I I definitely have a couple of titles that I want to discuss with you. I'm going to say the, the the best one for last because uh, I'm pretty sure you're a fan, and I have questions. Titles and, of what? Of films that uh, we've been. <laughs> okay, watching. so you're changing. <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: what do you have against what do you have against, against Segways, Jim?
0: Nothing. I used to like to ride them everywhere. Mm. No, I, no, I, I haven't ever.: I, I, I do admire people that do, and I, I certainly admire all the bike riders that have no anxiety you, about riding a bike.: in I'm Chicago. sorry.
1: I apologize. Again, you're trying to get this to be a film podcast, but you just said another baffling thing. You admire people who ride Segways. <laughs> well, what I does that I, mean? I guess I just is it brave? Uh,
0: I maybe I just never had the I, I never had the desire to do it myself. I, I guess I just want
1: you I admire just want to, the desire just, to ride a Segway. You yes, admire, you know the thing about people who ride transportation that was invented in the 21st century is that they're just sort of role models.
0: I kind of go. I I wish I do. I could do that and feel comfortable and not uh, completely anxious about riding my bike in Chicago
1: traffic. I asked someone who I worked with once how you know how do you, how do you ride your bike everywhere in the city? And I'm like, "Don't are you afraid to get hit by a car?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, I get hit by cars all the time." I'm <laughs> like, "All right, cool, good <laughs> endorsement." Guess no, what? I'm my, never doing.
0: Yeah, no, my my niece did it, and then you know she hit a pothole and. You know, it was pretty, pretty serious damage to her face mm-hmm. for a while. So that's like, mm-hmm. I, ugh, you know, I I can't, I can't do it. Maybe one day if I live in the suburbs and have a house or something again, maybe I'll get a bike and start riding around and that way I can go to the, uh, you know, local mom and pop supermarket on the corner and get some gummy, gummy fish like I used to when I was a kid. This
1: is a really vivid fantasy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and all my fantasies. Really, you've been you've you really been working on this one. All my fantasies end with gummy fish. What what color is the house, Jim? Mm, I don't know. I like blue, but I don't know. If, I don't know if that mm-hmm. would be. I don't know. I don't know if that'd be a good color. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. So you have a blue house. There's a mom and pop grocery store. I don't know what. I are you gonna get a house back in time? Yeah, <laughs> going to what? what? They're going to. I'm invent, not sure they're, what.
0: They're going to invent time travel eventually. I hope.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that's that's why I'm sticking around. Like, hopefully, by the time I'm 80, time travel will exist, and then I can finally go back in time. Mm. Yeah. Donuts. I've been watching. I've been watching a little, on occasion, like just for comfort food, like some episodes of Quantum Leap, that were my favorite. You know, so I mean, clearly, like the idea of being selfless and and helping people's lives and being able to travel in time is just a a really great concept. But I'm also like kind of disappointed that the the show ends on a really depressing note where he never gets to. Go back home To be with his family It's just like he just apparently Keeps doing this th- till he dies I guess I-, I mean it never It was just the weirdest ending to a show That I expected like Some kind of happy resolution Or a satisfying resolution But like the last episode Was just so weird to do to me
1: <laughs> To everybody I think I'm, Yeah sure I am someone who has never seen A single episode of Quantum Leap I feel like if you were a person it's ever he has a day in another person's body how long is he uh it's
0: it's really just like he, he he's given a task to like by who a, 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 by uh, his buddy al played by Dean stockwell who's a hologram in the future that is like goes through all these news reports in a supercomputer and finds out what happened to the person
1: That's so. Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell is his jailer. Then he is in a prison (laughs) where he doesn't have a choice but to do what Dean Stockwell says. Yeah,
0: yeah. Essentially, because I mean, And then once he accomplishes the task of saving somebody's life or saving somebody's life that is associated with the person that he's leapt into, like a you know a son or a daughter or something, uh, then he finally leaps out. You know, I guess the universe. Right, but he
1: leaps out into someone else's body. He doesn't get to right. leap out into his own body and re- rest in between. Nope. Just um, so immediately jumps. How, how in the course of the series of Quantum Leap, how many days do you think pass of him doing this? Um, like, how long does the average episode take place over versus how long? Many episodes uh, are there. I'd
0: I'd say it takes him a couple of days, three or four days, to really okay. do accomplish. What he's doing within the hour episode. So he he sometimes hangs out in these people's lives for a couple of days, three days, and then once he resolves everything, then he gets to leap
1: out. Uh, All right. So there were 97 episodes of Quantum Leap. So it's a little under a year, basically. Uh, He's maybe three quarters of a year he spends doing this. Sounds Um, right. And it, I, I imagine that it's like, it's one of those things where at the beginning of the show, he's, they have to set up his protests and then so that they can dismiss his protests. And that is the thing that tells the audience, hey, I know that a person wouldn't actually do this, but it's a show, you know, we, we thought of it. Um, so there's, I'm sure there's a moment earlier. He's like, well, I just won't. What, what makes him not, what makes him listen to Dean Stockwell as opposed to just be like, well, I guess it's my new life.
0: Uh, well, he's just a good dude and he wants to, you know, help people. Uh, right, but he has his own life. You said he has a family. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He, the, he definitely has a wife and a life. You know, in the future that he had, that he's trying to get back to. He's trying
1: to. So essentially Dean Stockwell get home. tells him that that would happen.
0: Uh, yeah. Or he assumes that at some point this is going wait,
1: to end. Wait, he doesn't <laughs> ask. He doesn't ask.
0: Uh, I don't. When, I, I'm trying not. I'm not clear. Like I should watch the pilot again,
1: but uh-huh. <laughs> I think. Wouldn't that be the first thing you do? Is the first time, first time you do something, you're like, okay, this is some sort of divine intervention or something. This is something I must do. I need to set something that went wrong right. Um, and then when instead of going into your own body, it happens again, wouldn't you immediately say, "Hey, when is, this, is all this going to stop?" I don't think he outright asked that question. So. What's the name of the main character in Quantum Leap? Sam. Is Sam too stupid to deserve to go back to his own life? No, he invented time travel. He he invented
0: this machine that allows him to do what he does. So he's smart. How do you think he got to be
1: a scientist when he's so incurious that he won't ask that question? Mm. It doesn't occur to him. Can you imagine working three quarters of a year without days off and having a job as stressful as that? I think...
0: uh, to some degree, the initial leap, the time travel experience, also messed with his memory. So he doesn't he doesn't have a clear memory of his wife. Because I mean, if he did, then he wouldn't be able to do what he does. Because in some instances, he does have to hook up with people. You know. <laughs> he, I mean, to help, like you know,
1: if he if he, if he's why to- did they make him have a wife? Why? you create this show and it's like every time he's like guess what he's cheating again
0: again it's like the ultimate uh, you know empathy experience when you get to like actually live in somebody's shoes and figure out what they've experienced and i but he doesn't really like share the memory
1: of the person either
0: so it's not like he jumps into their
1: mind But he still is able to look in the mirror and have that moment where he goes, whoa, I'm Abe Lincoln or whatever. (laughs) Um, He can
0: only leap within his own lifetime. So it's like 1950 or something. I don't know.
1: All right. So he goes, whoa, I'm Dwight Eisenhower. Yeah. Um, Yeah, pretty much. and, uh, And he gets to be treated the way Dwight Eisenhower is treated. Don't you ever wonder how different you'd be treated if, and I'm not, this is not. Okay. Let me rephrase that. I wonder how differently I would be treated if I was attractive. <laughs> like, like, I wonder a lot or it's just like, what? If, how, how different would my life be? How different would people act and treat, you know, if I was attractive? Like, what, what would that change? And he has, like, that is a tiny little glimmer of the kind of questions that would be answered just doing that once. But he does it 97 times. Yeah. Um, my other question is is Sam uh, Sam is the Dean Stockwell character, right? Uh Al is Dean or yeah, Al is Dean Stockwell. Okay. Sa- so Sam Al- is Scott Bakula. Okay, I see. So is Al the villain? No. Why not? At not? All. Why why he's a jailer. He is he is imprisoned Scott he's, Bakula. Why is he not the villain?
0: He's given him information on on the life that he's currently leave, you know living uh and
1: you know is he's like but the he's reporter. the one who says guess what you don't get to leave uh,
0: I, I don't think he outright says that either it's like they're just they're just going with the motions man they they they're thinking it's just like fate or god or the universe is causing this to happen you know so i there's a very 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 funny and interesting crazy episode that actually introduced me to the show there's a halloween episode where um, Al plays the devil, like he he comes across, he, he, Sam somehow comes across, and it's questionable whether if it actually happened or not. But uh, yeah, Al plays uh, plays Satan,
1: which is pretty okay. pretty pretty remarkable. Like the actual Christian Satan, or like he dresses up in a devil costume.
0: Uh, well, I mean, uh, Satan takes the form of Al to manipulate and okay. fuck with Sam.
1: So this is a world in which God is real and Satan is real. I believe so. Yes. So now we're really getting into the weeds of quantum leap where you're talking about free will versus predestination. I just watched a, uh, I just watched light sleeper, a, uh, Paul Schrader movie. And obviously Paul Schrader is very concerned about, uh, that sort of thing being a former Calvinist. It's a pretty great um, movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, and, uh, so, think about this. That is a world where theologically, God is whether He specifically caused it or He caused it by just allowing it to happen. God allows you to literally not have control of your body for like three or four days.
0: Yeah, that's the part that I set things with me. right.
1: Yeah. So, like, those people, they come out of it. Do they just go, what the fuck? Like, I just came out of a three-day coma, but everyone's acting like, like I just had a three-day blackout? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always wondered about that, about the
0: lives that he leapt into. Because like, c- the events that have happened throughout the course of those three days, they're not going to know about it. Because they, right. they didn't do it.
1: So, how do they reacclimate so that's a- to their life? That's a lifetime of therapy right there. Especially given that these are not three mundane days, right? These are three very critical days. Absolutely, yeah. Some serious shit goes down in a lot of these episodes. Like, if I... Today's Tuesday. If I woke up Friday... And I didn't know what happened, but someone told me that I broke up a wedding and it prevented a terrorist attack. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like that to me is, okay, well, the rest of my life, I got to go to therapy to figure out why everyone's treating me that I am this way. Even though I didn't act that way because I don't have no memory of acting that way. Um, Also, these stories all start with, I assume, just because this is the comedic potential, Every one of those episodes probably starts with the guy, with Dean, uh, uh, not Dean Stockwell, with uh, Scott Bakula be- doing something along the lines of like, oh, right, of course, because I'm your husband. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. everyone has a three-day stretch of their lives that they, A, don't remember, and B, they were acting like they were a completely different human being inside of their skin, and then they did something super pivotal, and now everyone treats them differently. Yeah. and this is, and, and, and it's all condoned by
0: God. And to throw another quick mon- monkey in the wrench, or whatever that expression is, <laughs> the monkey in the wrench, uh-huh. uh, monkey in the wrench. That's it, baby. Okay. There was an episode or two involving the evil leaper, which uh-huh. is somebody else. You know, Sam's counter counterpoint. Sam's like, if Sam's the good guy, here comes the bad guy. Only it's an mm-hmm. an evil leaper that's seductive. And uh, tries to you know mess with Sam too, but but what she has to do in order to leap from life to life is to mess up people's lives, to create chaos. Which I was like, this is pretty cool. If this became like a regular part of the show, but they just did it for like one episode, and then they she came back. Well, of course,
1: because if they're both leaping around, can you you understand that the chances? That they will run into each other, that they will leap into two people who mm-hmm. are yeah. within the good proximity. Point. Like that's 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 so strange. Can is he is it the sort of thing where he can see through and everyone else is like, oh, what are you talking about? That's so and so. She's a nurse, and he's like, no, it's the evil leaper. I can see her true face.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much how it went. Like, at some point in the episode, he was able to see who she truly was, and we learned about. Yeah, this is like this is what and we she learned knows. about
1: schizophrenia yeah this <laughs> is then, uh this is per- and then he couldn't and then he couldn't leap to the next body because he got locked up in a mental hospital oh there was, he was an screaming where he about was. the truth face of the evil leaper yeah no of course he was yeah um i no, have to say right cool. now i've never this this show sounds horrific
0: uh it ha- it, there are great episodes and there are some really bad
1: episodes I don't mean horrific as in it's a poorly made show. I mean the universe it suggests is maybe the most horrific, like, just uh metaphysically mind-shattering, horrible possible universe you can imagine. Cause if this is all happening because of some weird, like, oh, you know, this this uh it you this energy got put here and it ripped a hole in time and now everything is acting terribly. That's one thing. But if it's a world where there is supposedly a d- god and a devil, and it's like no no this is, how, this is how I all planned it out. You know that day they said I rested. I said <laughs> well this seems okay. But instead what if I fucked up and I made an evil leaper? Like if this is the way God has intended the world to work, that is just so mind-bendingly awful. Um, that I don't know how I would cope. So, speaking of donuts, what have you been watching? Donuts. I'm glad you asked. Is there a movie called Donuts? There probably is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably like an 80s sex comedy. Hmm. And it's just like two guys. It's like, it's the sort of thing where someone made the movie poster and it's like the boobs are the donuts and it's two guys like in that sort of mad magazine uh 80s sex comedy sort of anime uh illustrated style go like reaching out and they have the little uh, cap cuz they work at the donut shop and it's just called donuts.
0: There's a 2 minute short film called Donuts by T- count. Takeshi Murata. A strip mall becomes a cosmic fractal. I don't I don't know what that that could be but
1: it sounds, sounds like an episode of uh, Quantum Quantum League. Yeah, you're right, it could be. Um, I haven't been watching. I mean, I've been watching a lot, but donuts. Um, I'm trying to think of like what's leaping out at me. Um, uh, quantumly. Uh, nice. You know, I, I guess like something I said, non
0: non Billy Wilder that's stood out. I mean, I know you finally watched Blue Collar, which is great, and uh, yeah, that was good.
1: Yeah, I figure there's already a Paul Schrader episode of this podcast. I don't. I'm not a Paul Schrader devotee. Uh I'm not necessarily going to have any more to add on light sleeper or blue collar than anyone who's already hosted the episode. Donuts.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting to see the, the 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 choices people have made for you so far. Yeah. A little bit of everything.
1: Right. Um it's a lot of stuff where uh that I'm I'm kind of happy that they did it because uh I if I don't know what to watch, I almost never default to something challenging. I almost always pick out something simple. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of films that are, have been very challenging. Some I hate it, but at the very least, films I would not have picked for myself to watch. Um, I don't know. I watched Deathstalker. <laughs> I watched Deathstalker 2. Yeah! I
0: don't
1: know if I've seen it. Uh, Deathstalker is just, like, totally nasty trash. It's in, like, the best possible way. Um, it's a fantasy movie that does not buy in one second to uh sort of an epic scope or a grand mythos or anything. There are no uh there's there's really no attempt at world building or at like the sort of grand Shakespearean character arcs or anything. It is just people getting decapitated and getting their heads crushed by giant hammers, and it is just like nonstop naked ladies and pig men. Um, it's everything you would wow. want one of those movies to be if you were a 14 year old boy. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, as far as being totally tasteless and, and rotten, um, it's, uh, it's exactly what you want it to be. Cause it's uh, uh new world pictures was the Roger Corman studio. For some reason I'm drawing a blank and those I think movies you're right. are always extremely lurid, but they're also extremely short because <laughs> it's like Roger Corman has no space for anyone trying to smuggle in something interesting. Uh, so oh, as
0: no, God, some of the some of the films this director has done, wow.
1: Which one? Cleavage Field. Is Karen... this? A, are you talking about oh. Deathstalker or Deathstalker Two? Death Stalker 2
0: is directed yeah, by Jim and Yeah, Jim
1: Wynorski, yeah, Jim these... Wynorski is well-known. Uh, boom, boom, you know, he did Return of Swamp Thing. Um, but uh, he's I think he wow. sort of went the route a lot of those guys did where he went into softcore porn. He did Chopping Mall. That's probably his yeah. most famous. Um, but also that's a sleazy kind of a movie as well. Um,
0: Sorority House Massacre 2... Yeah. And I, I, gosh, I don't know if I've, have I seen Sorority House Massacre? I feel like I might have.
1: Hey, there's Sorority House Massacre and there's uh, House on Sorority Row. Um, oh.
0: Maybe I'm getting confused.
1: So I've seen House on Sorority Row. I th- I, I can't recall which one I saw either. But yeah, it's, the, yeah. it's, he's the kind of guy he comes in. Uh, he does a sequel to Munchies. He does a sequel to Ghoulies. <laughs> he does a sequel <laughs> to Swamp Thing. Uh, Wow. and then i think yeah his career kind of did uh devolve into uh soft at some point uh house on hooter hill and whatnot um P- paranocker's activity very good death very good death stalker two is very it, it has a very good spirit um it helps that it is a sequel to just like a really despicable kind of a nasty uh movie uh death stalker mm-hmm. two by you know bias by, by comparison is kind of goofy and comical and it's a parody and it's it's fun and it's it's got a weird thing where all the characters even though it takes place in like some vague medieval fantasy thing all the characters talk like they're california like surfers and stuff <laughs> um and it, like it knowingly so so i would say uh death stalker two and death stalker one both on prime are uh, pretty good yeah and it's
0: i i i enjoyed you know once in a while throughout the all this quarantining watching yeah something something yeah where you you tu- you turn off your brain and just enjoy it i mean a lot of people are watching you know comfort films and things like that uh and and and, f- and for me i i i i enjoy like getting stoned and watching a random movie on amazon prime like this or uh zombie high which i found myself enjoying despite reading a lot of reviews saying it's pretty abysmal you know and
1: it's when is zombie high from
0: it's from the mid-80s i want to say let me make sure okay but uh definitely plays like it's from the mid-80s uh 87 Mm -hmm. uh and it's 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 kind of up my alley because it 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 mixes a little bit of body snatchers disturbing behavior stepford wives, just like this idea of you know turning somebody into the perfect person conformity, you know uh yeah this one is really just stepford college students. The weird thing is is like I don't know why it's called zombie high because they're not zombies and it's not a high school I think it's just. A title that they thought was clever?
1: Donuts. I mean, clever or marketable is probably more likely.
0: Yeah, it's 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 not particularly scary. It's just enjoyable to watch, you know, like Virginia Manson and Sherilyn Fenn play roommates and Paul Feig plays this class clown. Uh, Are they roommates? Are they in high school? Th- it's a college. That's a, that's, it's a college. Yeah. Okay. It's, and maybe it's like a prep school. I don't know. I think it's a college. No, it's a college. They're definitely college-aged people in classrooms with professors. But uh, there's also this, I should have got his name, but it, a very familiar character actor whose voice I basically recognize from The Last Starfighter, and he plays the main villain. He's the head of the school's faculty that has been harvesting like these life-sustaining chemicals from the human brain? And controls them, and controls all these students by playing classical music over the speakers. I I, mm. I don't know how all this works, uh, but
1: it's a, does it does it have kind of a campy throat because that sounds like a fifties yeah kind of a plot. Does it have a campy throwback kind of a feel? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it definitely does. It's mm. it's very silly. Um, I mean, there's some creepy stuff because like when you think about it, this you know this this hot professor is hitting on Virginia Manson and he's essentially like a hundred years old, you know, cause he's mm-hmm. like basically been sustaining his life through these brain chemicals for a long, long, long time. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's some creepy interaction here and there. Uh, but apparently I, I heard this on a podcast. that the, the reason why Virginia Manson agreed to star in this for free was because she thought this was going to be a student film project of some kind. Mm. Like, she was led to believe that was the case. <laughs> and then, you know, like, so she's like, oh, I'm going to do this good deed for these film students, and, you know, it'll be a, a, a you know, cool kick, and everybody's going to be like, oh, check out, they got Virginia Madsen the star in my movie. And was, Well, was
1: Virginia Madsen anybody in the mid-'80s?
0: She had been in, like, Electric Dreams and... Uh, something else by then, I think. I don't know if she was like a household name or anything, or everybody knew who she was. Because I'm
1: trying to figure out, it. Would, was she being charitable, or was she just like... I think that's what she thought. ...didn't realize what she was doing?
0: I think she was being charitable. Uh, And then like after filming, it got like a proper release, and I don't think she knew that was going to happen. Uh, She was in Dune. Yeah, she was in Electric Dreams, Dune class okay a few, a few movies by then uh, I guess candyman would be considered her breakthrough but uh, just it's it's light it's fun it's silly it's you know it flies by and you know I I wouldn't call it high art but I kind of enjoyed it you know under the circumstances I was under and I it made me smile throughout a lot of it and I'd, I'd really never heard of it at all before and I, I don't think it's gotten a proper release, so I was like, "Oh, cool! This was a nice, you know, little distraction on Amazon Prime, and you know, Virginia Madsen is good, so I liked it. You know, it's uh-huh. it's, it's, it's 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 silly, but I liked it. Okay, yeah, Zombie High. Mm. On the opposite end of the spectrum, there's. And I don't know if i should i no i can i can fully review it I haven't logged it yet, but I have this bias now i really just i can't stand watching i can't see i'm watching any movie where a woman gets brutally tortured i just it's just like even if there's a payoff to it and i'm you know most movies do have a payoff obviously she's gonna get some sort of revenge but there's this new horror film on v o d called one b r Or One Bedroom. Okay. And it's about this woman who moves to L.A., you know, just wants to start her life over, rents an apartment, and all hell breaks loose in a way that mainly just made me angry as I was watching it. Which, again, might be the intent. You know, like, watching anybody get tortured in the way this woman gets tortured, I just, I don't know, it, it, it gave me, like, martyrs vibes. At times, you know, just like watching somebody get p- pummeled or, you know, nails into their hands or like just like extreme torture, practically. You know, I just mm-hmm. it's it's not I, I I know it's not intended to be pleasurable, but it's just I, I can't like I can't just I f- have well, let's a, be real. I have a visceral, yes, it rea- is.
1: I have a visceral reaction to it absolutely it. is you. Are, that's what that's that is why they do it. Ugh. Like, don't be a rube. Like, of course it's intended to be pleasurable. Like, the whole idea is that you're getting all shocked and worked up and you're seeing something that goes beyond the normal realm of movie violence and, and it upsets you, and that is a uh, more of an electric experience than a movie that didn't take that tack. That is the idea behind that all, right?
0: Yeah. I, I. Yeah, I guess. I just... Mm. I think it needs to have a really good payoff in the mm-hmm. end, or something else to justify that. To mm-hmm. you know, sitting through something like that, and you know, I it's it's one of those movies where I'm yelling at the screen, "Leave! Just leave already! Get get out of there!" <laughs> because like you know, at, at one point she receives a note under the door, calling her a bitch, and she's not even thinking of packing up at that moment. It's like I don't know. Wait
1: but, a second. Wait a second. Okay, hold on. We have to. You are you saying that you would consider moving if you got a note under the door that called you a bitch? I I, I would be a little. That's bit, a pretty big step, right? I,
0: I I guess so, but I mean, it's like I would be a little bit more proactive about you know resolving that situation in some capacity. But it's more of like you know she shrugs it off, and I don't know. Like it does escalate pretty quickly.
1: I will say that it escalates pretty. Quickly. I don't want to blow your mind or anything, but women get called bitches a lot. <laughs> like, it probably is it. It probably did not uh, totally shatter her reality when she got a note under her door that said she was a bitch.
0: But I heard some people say they liked it, so that's one br or one bedroom.
1: On the other hand, uh, last night before bed, I started watching blood-sucking freaks. <laughs> Oh no! Ah, oh. so uh, if you're not into women being tortured, perhaps skip blood-sucking freaks. Uh. Have you seen that film? I don't think so. They originally titled "The Incredible Torture Show." Oh god! Um, with the uh, and and with the instructions going out to theater owners uh, to make the first letter of each word the biggest so it spells out tits on the marquee great um it was uh, it's something else there joe bob briggs has a uh, sort of a return of his monster vision thing that happening on shutter called the last drive-in um oh right and he that's yeah, he has a that. new season of that and i finally have access to shutter so i started watching that last night but it's like yeah i was right before bed i just went to sleep and didn't finish it probably won't because whatever but uh, that was funny that you were just like, I just don't like women being tortured. I remember the last thing I saw last night. I was yeah. just like, well, probably skip this one then where the dwarf eats the woman's eyeball.
0: I mean, a part of it's also like, like I never got in, I, I think I've watched like two or maybe three Saw movies, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't need to watch people being tortured. I just, it's not. I do. That's weird. Okay.
1: I don't know what's your problem is. I need to. <laughs> I need it. I have a daily daily supplement. Doctor ordered it. Frankly,
0: mm. uh,
1: before I was watching a lot of um, like Jane Austen adaptations, and my doctor was like, "You got to cut the shit out of your diet right now. Your sodium's through the roof." Have you watched uh, Have you watched <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but like if a movie like done? *Martyrs* has the reputation that it has before you see it. I'm guessing you didn't see Martyrs when it debuted at film festivals. You know, like, my solution is, like, yeah, don't see Martyrs. Don't, you know, I don't know if you knew this about One Bedroom before it started or whatever, but, like... No, I didn't. A lot of this stuff, you can see it coming, and you kind of know what you're getting into, and you either... You know, I watched Lorna, the uh, Russ Meyer movie, and that's another, just, like, that's a roughie, So, in the term, <laughs> it's exploitation terms. There were, you know, nudie cuties where. We were very inane films where it was either at a nudist colony or it was like weird scenarios where a guy has x-ray glasses and sees naked secretaries sitting doing totally banal things or whatever. Um, and then ruffies were like the era of sexploitation where suddenly it was like women getting sexually assaulted and stuff like that. And one of the movies that was uh, um, requested of me to watch was Lorna. Um, and it's like, you know, you know what it is. You, you know what you're getting into. Uh, you know you, you don't have to like it. I I did not like Lorna all that much, but uh, you you know if yeah, if someone the, like, doesn't pay a uh, food bank ten dollars to see it, I would recommend not seeing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just I, I feel like you know Russ Meyer has it, it, it's it's spirited. It's it you know it's fun at times like that kind
1: uh, of yeah. I mean. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is what you're talking about. Like yeah. Faster Pussycat Kill Kills, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Not all Russ Meyer is like that. Ah. Uh there's like Black Snake, which takes place on a uh slave plantation in the West Indies. Um there's Lorna, there's a there's a couple other ones that are just real nasty. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it but- turns out one thing that people do in film a lot is sort of act out their sexual desires uh uh you know in front of the camera
0: no that's very true but there are there are certain there's certain like rape revenge movies that i i i do enjoy essentially mm-hmm. because i guess you get to see the catharsis or the comeuppance you know and that to me can be pleasurable you know something something like i spit on your grave i i actually really like and the last house on the left sequel or, or not sequel <laughs> the remake uh yeah, and even recently there was just a movie called Revenge, which was just yeah, pretty much a rape revenge movie done well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's possible. So what's the difference? I don't, I don't know. It's like there's just I maybe I can't like gauge the intent of you know okay is it necessary to see what we see in something like one bedroom like and I mean I I guess yeah you're. you're you're witnessing what she's going through in order to, you know, get to the next level. It's almost like, yeah, it's it reminds me of like in The Master where they're making Joaquin Phoenix walk from wall to wall for like a day or something. You know, because like essentially these are like a version of Scientologists in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's not really giving a whole lot of weight. But it's just the there's just this this group of people who really believe in something and want to control other people essentially or at least enlighten them
1: uh so is it like psychological then yeah it's psychological torture okay you know? that's so it's funny that we're talking in terms of all these movies that are absolutely not psychological that you didn't mention that it was because i'm that's, thinking cause in my mind i'm thinking she's tied up and she's getting whipped in your and i'm like well obviously you know why this movie got made like someone's getting off on that clearly but like y- yeah if it but if it's psychological that's a different sort of thing that's about like programming and stuff like that that's the justification for it
0: yeah like that's that's what they think you know oh this is going to help you essentially and i feel like that's a part of martyrs as well i can I, but i can't remember it too like i just remember nothing but and i'm probably remembering it wrong but like i just remember martyrs as being an endurance test of a woman being tortured and beaten. And I think that more of that probably happens later in the film than I, than I recall. But
1: I just, that's how the, that's like the last 20, 30 minutes of the movie. The the first, uh, I want to say like 90 minutes of that movie are really great. Um, But it's just everything that happens at the end, undoes it. But to me, martyrs is a movie that's sort of, it's almost like a, uh, you know, hardcore uh, horror version of, like uh, Duke of Burgundy or something where it's just, it's getting to a truth about relationships, but it's expressing it in just a wildly different way um, using genre trappings. Oh, interesting. Um, Like there's a very clear story of martyrs of like the, um, the woman who is getting revenge on something terrible that happened to her as a child and her best friend uh, slash lover who is, who they met when they were children and the lover is going along with this revenge plan and we don't see what happened to her we just see the revenge and and the lover is like has supported her up to this point but now is having doubts and is wondering if what ha- if that actually happened or if she's insane and it's this idea of like being supportive in someone in not being able to experience what they experience and sort of the way uh, you can support trauma and stuff like that. And it's, there's all these like really interesting ideas going um, all the way to the reveal of the really gruesome makeup effect. I won't go into any more detail than that, but like that all there's all this like really interesting transference and stuff going on there. And then at the end, it's sort of like, actually what if you could see an angel, if you were tortured enough and it's like, Oh fucking who cares? This is dumb now. Yeah, Um, but that movie was really great for like the first ninety minutes. I think
0: that's when I yeah, I think the ending is where I really turned on it.
1: Uh, That
0: was an interesting movie. To I I was dating somebody, and she's like, uh, "I hope you love this movie because it's in my top ten favorite movies." And when Mm -hmm. it when it was over, I'm like, "Hmm, I have to think about that one." (laughs)
1: Like I just hot tip. Never, ever, ever tell someone, I hope you like this movie because this is my top ten favorite movies, like, as you're dating them. That is such an unnecessary amount of pressure to put on a film screening. I know. I know. I, I'm
0: watching that in mind, and most of the time I'm like, this is this is not working, and I don't like it, and I don't want to say I don't like it. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, eh. Donuts. Robert Altman's images.
1: Yeah. That's fun.
0: So you do like watching
1: women suffer. Now we crack the case. You do like watching. So just put that right on the box of images. <laughs> the poster credit uh, little quote, pull quote from Jim Laskowski, I love watching this woman suffer.
0: Uh, you know, it's it's it messed me up. I I I was kind of surprised there's really not the 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 kind of warmth and humanity In in Robert Altman's movies, I don't think that there's a lot of that here.
1: I mean, Uh, he's made a lot of different kinds of movies. He was extremely prolific, and this is early on. Um, He hadn't yet done, you know, he hadn't yet really created the template for what a Roger, uh, Roger, a Robert Altman movie was. I think by the time you get to the eighties, like post Nashville, you get a whole lot of movies where it's clear that he told the producers, at least, if not Mm -hmm. actually the way he made the movie. He pointed to Nashville and said, Big Sprawling cast, just let me do what I want. Whatever comes out, you know, it might seem like a mess as I'm making it, but it's going to come out really well. And obviously, if you look at his career throughout the 80s, that was often not the true. Um, But, like, 1972, um, you know, at that point, he had images, might have been before McCabe and Mrs. Miller. It's the same year, so... I think it was after, or maybe it was the same year? Oh, wow. It's like MASH, it's, uh, there's MASH, Brewster, uh, McCloud, um, California Split, uh, Thieves Like Us, I think, might have been in that Like, he was insanely prolific. Um, and it's like, all these, like, very different kinds of movies. Like, California Split is not a very warm movie, either. No, I guess you're right. So, like, and watch... It's only wild if you go into it thinking oh, this is the guy who made, you know, Nashville and shortcuts and whatnot.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I'm watching it also kind of, uh, I, don't, I should be careful how I say this, but it, it indicates to me that, you know, Alex Ross Perry made more of a pastiche with Queen of Earth. You know, it's like a little bit of repulsion, a little bit of Let's Scare Jessica to Death, a little bit of images just kind of like smashed together. And yet, I like all these movies, so that's probably why I like Queen of Earth to some degree. I know that we have had that discussion about it being a bad script and all that, but there are things about it I really love. And this, to me, really puts you in the mindset of someone dealing with schizophrenia better than I think maybe any movie has done before. I think, uh, and it's, because it's it just works on so many levels, like that. The, the choice of panning the camera over to certain things at certain times and, like, what is that all about? Like, th- this has nothing to do with the scene, but he's cho- choosing to turn the camera and have us focus on this thing at this given time and the, the nervous tension between the sights and the sound. Like, John Williams' score? Like, what? It, it, you know, that, that score seems like it's totally up your alley. That, like, discordant, yeah, that's great. you know. Kind it's of... great. It's
1: all and it's also, you know, pre uh Sugarland Express probably or maybe it's the same year as actually no Sugarland Express I think is like seventy three? Um, seventy
0: four, I think, maybe.
1: Okay, so yeah, like it is pre John Williams getting into a a sort of uh um the realm of the John Williams movie of the I did Star Wars and and Jaws and all these, and it's like super uh responsive to what's happening on screen and like it is it's way more atmospheric and strange.
0: Yeah, very strange. And I don't know, it, it in a way I'm, I'm 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 still grappling with this the the interesting narration choice of her like reading this children's book because like the actress Susanna York, I guess wrote this real book about unicorns in real life. And she's reading that sporadically throughout the movie, mm-hmm. so I was like, "Hmm, wonder what that's all about." But I, I mean, I didn't dislike it. I was just kind of curious as to why that choice. And also, like, I Altman made this interesting decision with the with the names of the real life actors and the characters are all kind of ex- like rearranged in some way. You know, it's it's. I mean, it's to create a little confusion, I guess. If I mean, obviously, you don't have to know that, but it's just an interesting detail of, like this this guy's name is switched with this other actor's name, and it was used in the movie, and it's just interesting. There's also like this fear of infidelity or being desired or having desire. Uh, it's you know, there's just a, a lot of creepiness going on throughout this whole thing. And I guess the ending tries to put it all together in a way. Uh, but again, much like three women, it left me with questions that I I found intriguing to, to you know, and, and lingering. When now, it was over. I don't
1: I you know, I'm not any kind of expert on any kind of psychology or actual real world mental illness or anything, but I did find it surprising that you said that you found it like such a the best depiction of um, schizophrenia or whatever, because for me, it's like that movie is, yeah, more of a weird puzzle in a way that real-life mental illness is not, where um, you watch, I don't know, like, is there are there any specifics about the way she acts that's like, oh, yes, a schizophrenia patient does that, or? I guess
0: just hearing voices or...
1: I mean, you know... Th- uh,
0: thinking reality is one thing when it actually isn't, or just like seeing somebody that's there that's dead you know I, it is a it's it's definitely more of a puzzle i think you're right but just like some of the symptoms she has could be schiz i don't think it's like explicit schizophrenia it okay. could be but to me it felt like this is kind
1: of what it could be like to have schizophrenia okay yeah cuz i feel like that was a whole prolific subgenre at that point cuz um, you had the uh Frank Perry adaptation of Joan Didion's novel play as it lays. Um you had, you know, Let's Scare Jessica to death. Um I feel like there were uh a Messiah. you a little bit this, but there were there were a lot oh, of yeah. these kind of psychological, um, sort of uh women with um ambiguous mental illness. Um I've never seen Diary of a Mad Housewife, so I don't know if that's uh An example of that, but where it's sort of playing with reality and it's jumping in time and stuff like that. Um, Obviously, like you said, that's sort of the whole thing that Alex Ross Perry was trying to do with Queen of Earth. It's just, he, you know, he sucks. But, uh, like, (laughs) if you like this, you should definitely, you know, there's other movies like this that you can uh, sort of pivot into.
0: Now, have you tracked down or seen his early, like, uh, there's the one... I guess called That Cold Day of the Night or something that he's done that's uh, supposed to be similar to this? When
1: you when you say uh, he, you mean uh, Altman. Robert Altman? Yeah. Okay, so that's the That Cold Day in the Park. Oh, That Cold um, Day in the Park. Right. I have it. Uh, unfortunately, it's an Olive DVD and they don't put subtitles on their DVDs and a Robert Altman movie without subtitles is really oh, something yeah. else. So, I tried watching it once but it was at night and I didn't want to put the volume really loud and wake up my partner, so I was just... I have not gone back to it. At some point, when I can be in a situation where I can like crank up the volume and watch it, I'll check it out, because Sandy Dennis, obviously, is a great example of an actor who can do that fragility extremely well. Um, She was also in a uh, movie that, with a screenplay written by Harold Pinter called The Pumpkin Eater, um, Hmm. where it's... I think she has like hysterical pregnancies... Um, but none of them She either miscarries them all Or they all end up being false uh, Sort of false pregnancies um, So like And obviously her character in uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf is, is that as well Yeah um, yeah. Actually that is a subplot of Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf Is that her character had a hysterical pregnancy Now that I think about it But I love Sandy Dennis So I should check that out at some point But I have not seen it
0: yeah, according to the Wikipedia, and I know how much you love this, but writer Frank Casso declared uh this the first of a trilogy Yeah of Robert Altman films. This of was uh this yeah, that cold day in the park, followed by images and then three women. He declared mm-hmm. them a trilogy.
1: Yeah. So Absolutely. That's I'm absolutely have to what see they that, are. There are no other Robert Altman see. movies that deal with uh the tr- Troubled Women uh, just Yeah eventually three. I'd like to
0: see I'd like to see every Robert Altman movie I think At some point in my life I hope to uh,
1: That's a project I That don't you'll know. get really excited for uh, At certain points and then that's a project Another point where you're like Jesus Christ he did another TV adaptation of a play um, <laughs> So you know Good luck yeah. to you when you watch The Cane Mutiny
0: I don't think I'll be watching Quintet anytime soon Right I hear that's a slog. So. You want to talk about a movie that is not warm? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but good old Paul Newman. He's a good guy. Paul Newman. Is he? Yeah. I, I mean, he's a good actor. I I'm think.
1: Not, I, I honestly, like, I'm trying to think of Paul. I've seen Paul Newman in movies, but I've seen it very few times. I'm not. Most of his big movies, I've never seen. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I've never seen The Hustler. I've never seen Cool Hand Luke. Um, ooh, ooh! Just, cool I've never hand Luke. seen Luke. Oh Patrick Hot Cat on a Tin Roof. Uh, it's just it's just one of those gaps. Um, again, when I when I want when I don't know what to watch, I don't turn to a two hour drama from the '60s. Uh, generally speaking. Mm. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. What has Paul Newman been in?
0: Road to Perdition pretty good
1: so that's that's one I saw he's fine in that um
0: yeah
1: let's see Hudsucker Proxy of course I've seen
0: oh yeah um he's good in Absence of Malice that's it
1: those are the two I've seen Color of Money I've never seen Color of Money I've never seen The Hustler why would I watch Color of Money oh that's true Oh, no, that's not true. I, I've seen Buffalo Bill and the Indians. You want to talk about weird early Robert Altman movies? Oh, my. Uh, okay. That's 76, so I guess Alan that's a little Rudolph. later. Yeah. Ah.
0: Ah. yeah, I think I knew Alan Rudolph and him collaborated here and there. I, f- I, think.
1: I feel like if you saw every movie Robert Altman made in the 70s, you could be happy and you don't have to see his whole filmography. I think I absolve you of that burden. See every movie he made but, in the uh, 70s.
0: Well, he made this in the 70s, so this
1: one's good? The no, no, they're all. not all. By no means are they all good. Quintet is one of the worst uh, films I've ever seen in my life. But I'm just saying if you see all of Robert Altman's movies in the 70s, you will walk away having a complete understanding of sort of what is interesting about his work without having to slog through the least interesting examples. You don't mm-hmm. have to see streamers. I promise you, you do not need to see streamers.
0: Yeah, I know. I saw Beyond Therapy. I think that was one of the VHSs I gave you at one point.
1: Ugh. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. just, you know, I actually, as long as you can keep interrupting me, making that noise, I'll talk all day. That's I, that's what I live for—is hearing this this weird. I don't know if it's sleepy or professorial sort of. Mm, <laughs> 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 see how low i can go can I go lower than that
0: oh <laughs> Do you watch the muppet movie to be honest or flight of the navigator i can't
1: watch flight you've seen flight of seen Fly the, navigator. the navigator many times i can't right. i can't watch flight of the navigator last time i saw it Why? i was, last time i saw it it was 8 what if it's bad i think it's still fun i think when's the last time you watched flight wait a second what did you watch flight of the navigator i feel
0: like i watched it like 5 years ago or something let me yeah? see if i've logged it on letterboxd I kind of I, I think I still kind of like it. Involves time travel, kind of. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, I gave it three and a half stars. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Back in twenty thirteen, that
1: was a different wow. time.
0: I saw Only God Forgives before that. Oh, poor guy.
1: Was it a double feature? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. No, no I don't know. What uh, to I watched. To uh, it, but. I watched. Uh, I watched Neon Demon, and then I watched uh, Benji the Brave, or whatever. Benji the Hunted. Benji the Hunted. Well, Benji the Hunted sounds as intense as Neon Demon, so that was a bad example. That's true. I saw the Garbage Pale Kids movie, and then I saw Salo, 120 Days of Sodom. Oh! No. Freddy Farts, or whatever their names are. You know Freddy Farts is your favorite Muppet, don't you deny it. <laughs> Um, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I could live my life as pleaslessly as
0: you I'm convinced that I'd wind up burning too
1: Donuts.